Hello, everyone. Welcome to another conversation with us. It is year 2022, and we are back with our podcast. It took us a while to come back, but we're here. We made it. And uh, today we've got some uh, spicy things to talk about. So we are your hosts, Iris and Nisi. And today, what are we talking about, Nisi? We're talking about capitalism because I love to talk about it. I love to bash capitalism, so... I thought, let's start the year with um, a bit of critical thinking. <laughs> Sounds good to and me. And see where that takes us. So this episode is called The Many Shades of Capitalism because capitalism can be shady um, in many different ways, right? So we're just going to get into it a little bit and hopefully you feel somewhat enlightened and that we have provoked your thoughts by the end of this. Um, I just wanted to start off by describing capitalism. Uh, so if you look at the Oxford definition, what is capitalism? This is a definition of capitalism by the Oxford Dictionary. And it is an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than the state. So it is free markets. It basically says that if today I start a company and I want to control the prices for whatever product I'm providing to the public, I get to decide how much that's going to cost. I get to control how many of my products we're selling. The state, the government has no say. Um, so that is what capitalism is. And obviously that has brought many benefits to our lives, of course. Um, it has brought a lot of innovation, a lot of technological uh, advancement, which I've just said, uh, green revolutions, and it kind of shaped the world to be what it is today. So when, for example, when we were going through the pandemic, um, a lot of us were not able to go home and be with our families, but we had FaceTime, uh, we had Google Hangouts, we had all these tools that would keep us in touch. And that is thanks to capitalism. We are able to um, travel the world without necessarily being there. We can keep in touch with our loved ones through social media. And this is thanks to free markets. Somebody uh, like Mark created Facebook and now we're using it to, um, <laughs> to socialize and keep in touch with people that we've met throughout our lives. But uh, then, of course, we can get into the other things. But what, what are your thoughts, uh, Iris, on capitalism and what you know, what it means uh, to you today as a system. The definition says it all. It's basically that the means of productions are private. So like you said, if tomorrow I decide to start uh, a company, well, I can set the prices however I want, depending on the market. But at the end of the day, I can really set it up the way I want. I think it allows um, creativity, like you said, technologically, uh, artistically, and also in the way, you know, with globalization and the way we share things now and how we share our culture, our music and everything. But also we, we saw that cap capitalism is not a sustainable system for our society. And I think we saw it mostly during the pandemic as well, because we saw many people uh, losing their jobs. We saw many companies closing their doors as well. So that's why I think it's not necessarily sustainable 
in this time period. Mm, that's interesting. The word sustainable. So what does that mean to you? Like if you're saying that capitalism isn't sustainable, can you kind of get more mm-hmm. into it? I'm just curious to see if we have the same definition here. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not necessarily sustainable when you look at it like from a big corporation point of view, let's say like um, like Walmart. I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to get into the topic of Amazon, but let's just plug it in there. And, you know, all those big co- corporations that don't necessarily think about the human behind uh, their means of production. So low salaries, uh um, bad working conditions, and also the exploitation of um, the workforce uh, that is elsewhere. Let's take as an example H&M or Zara, who produces their clothes in like Pakistan and Bangladesh and the workers don't have good conditions. Or I'm just going to think of my grandmother who worked for a company who produced underwear and in El Salvador and... She didn't have any retirement fund or anything that allowed her to benefit from her workplace. So that's what I'm saying when I think it's not sustainable in the long run because we saw the dark face of capitalism coming out as the years went by. Mm. That's what I mean. And I think that right now there's maybe a shift, but I think we're going to get into that a bit later in the episode. So I don't know if that was clear the way I, I said it and if you agree with me. Yeah, from what I understood, it's your you focus more on low wages and I guess like the environment so and work conditions. Um, and these are things that are uh, not sustainable. They if you are working 12 hours a day and you're still not making enough to, you know, pay or meet your basic needs, uh, that's not sustainable. And capitalism obviously kind of um, favors the the big guys they're the winners out of this whole situation and i mean this talk we could go on and we could really dig deeper into what capitalism capitalism really looks like but i do agree with you that low wages work conditions and just um different policies that have been put into place normally are protecting the big guys so we can also look at some stats about the fact that capitalism, yes, has created some really great things and it has led us to be this um, innovative, uh, forward-thinking generation, but there are some issues with it. So this is a stat by Oxfam International and basically over the years um, from where we are today, we can say that at least 42 people hold the same value as 3.7 billion of the world's poorest. So imagine 43 people have as much money or 42 people have as much money as 3.7 billion like the ratio just like doesn't make sense you don't have to know math it <laughs> like to... no it doesn't it doesn't add up <laughs> make it make sense <laughs> exactly here's an interesting one they're all very interesting 50 percent of the world's population yeah. have seen an increase in wealth 50 percent. so that's half And this is to show where like there's this like dilemma where it's almost like, okay, but capitalism does allow for free markets and people to start their own own businesses. And that if you grew up in a small town and you had big dreams and you moved to New York and you can start your own company, that will bring you far. And it's true. And you can employ other people and empower them. Great. 
but it's not working in favor for the other 50%. And the last one is 82% of the global wealth generated in 2017 went to the most wealthy 1%. So even though you're employing these people and you're empowering them, quotation mark, whatever that means, um, you know, through the wages that you're paying them, through the opportunities that you're giving them, it's not enough because only 1% is benefiting from the hard work that they're, you know, that they're putting into uh, every day when they show up to work, every day when they complete a project. So this is quite interesting. And it's, for me, it causes a lot of dilemma where it's like, I can criticize capitalism all I want, but I can also look at the bright side sometimes and go, wow, like we have accomplished a lot thanks to free markets, thanks to capitalism. Um, so yeah, I, I just feel like it's uh, it's important to show both sides of the coin and discuss it openly. You can't just criticize the system, even knowing that it has benefited some people. But then when you look at the stats, it, it, it's um, there's something wrong. Yeah, and to go back to criticizing a, a system, all systems like put into place kind of work when you read about them, they work, but then it's the application of the system within a society that the human seems to screw up most of the time. And I think one of the main criticism that you can have is the individualistic aspect of capitalism. And that's why I'm saying I think there's a shift right now um, about capitalism because the pandemic brought many issues out of their... Well, it's not to say that these issues were not there before, but I think the pandemic uncovered them. And I think that there is a new type of capitalism happening. And I think our generation is also more conscious of what you said, the environment, working conditions. And also we're a generation who doesn't necessarily want to stay at the same job for 40 50 years, like, let's say our parents also, our parents didn't really have a choice because, you know, they migrated to this country. But if I look at my Quebecois friends, like their parents stayed at the same job because that's what was required of you. But our days with the shift that's happening, I think that more and more as the younger generation enters the workforce, we want a job that will sustain us, that's going to allow us to be creative, that will treat us well. We are not going to tolerate shitty situations, if we could say it. But that is for us in a country like Canada, in the UK. But it's not necessarily the same thing in other places around the world. So what are your reflections on the future of capitalism? I think you basically, like, jump to the end of the podcast you talked about you said a word uh which i was like okay she she knows where we're heading with this conscious our generation (laughs) is very conscious about the choices that we make the companies that we join the amount of time we're putting into work projects uh whether it's personal projects or work projects i think we're more conscious of who's going to benefit and uh it you know whether the work place that we are currently um, working at is inclusive. What I mean is we're aware there's a there's this huge awareness that's happening. So the future of capitalism is looking more and more conscious. And there is a movement called conscious capitalism. And I'll get a bit into it. The other thing that you mentioned that I found interesting was uh, you talked a little bit about individualism and 
individualism is actually a pillar. It's it's uh, it's one of the things that built capitalism. It's all about self-interest. It is. Being able to build a system mm, that allows people to have their own private properties, make personal choices, make their own businesses, innovate on their own. I think that in itself is kind of like a the, the pro and the con of capitalism, uh, where you can think about yourself and yourself only, and that's okay. Where you can think about your success and that's okay. You don't care about how your neighbors might be starving or your friends aren't doing well necessarily, right? So it's interesting that you brought yeah. that um, that up, but that is definitely, uh, once again, capitalism really, for me, there's a lot of like, <laughs> where do I stand? But I think I know, of course, like I'm, I'm leaning towards the no and it's not a perfect system. And that's why I'm, I'm such a big like, uh, I criticize it so much because it's not perfect and I don't want to settle for it. Um, but I do, I do a hundred percent want to say, and I will probably keep saying this. I don't want people to think I'm anti-capitalist, but I, I am being smart in a way where I'm looking at the pros and the cons and I can criticize it from that point of view. Um, because I think that's the one thing that are maybe we're suffering from. We're very black and white. Um, and I think I'm... There's no nuances. Exactly. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm I'm growing to become this person who is allowing myself to see both sides because that's very important. And I think in order to be intelligent about the things that you talk about or the things that you do or the people that you hang out with, you have to look at both, the, the good and the bad, and accept both, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what we're trying to do with this episode. Uh, and like you said, it's a spicy subject so. <laughs> very spicy it's funny because i feel like maybe six months ago if we had talked about this i would have said that i was an anti-capitalist and i think i might have said it in one of our episodes but this just goes to show that yeah uh, people grow and the more information you have you should allow yourself to change your perception and, and the way you speak about certain things and i feel like i'm more than happy to admit that i don't consider myself anti-capitalist at the moment because i myself have these uh like drives and i am ambitious and i would love to own my own business one day i would love to own my own product one day and this system will has allowed me to dream in a way that you know i can mm -hmm. see that uh one day i can have uh something that is my own i can create something for myself and yeah so i have mm -hmm. to kind of just plug that in <laughs> no but i think you're right and also like the way you said it is like, I think I can say that right now I am not anti-capitalist. And that's okay because it's like you're taking a picture of the present. This is how Nisi feels on the 16th of January 2022. And that's fine. You might not feel like that in six months, but that's okay because if we constantly reflect on those topics and we allow ourselves to learn And not necessarily, not necessarily just like live within the system and never question it, but you end up questioning it, questioning it, asking questions. You're curi curious. I think that's what gives you this critical thinking where you can go back and forth and see the, the pros and cons of a system or a topic in general or whatever it is that you want to talk about but you're right like we've all dreamt uh, of you know 
maybe one day owning something or we've we've all dreamt of being su successful and that is the result of living in a capitalist society because we we talked about this actually in our in our productivity episode you know so it's a byproduct of living in a capitalist system anyways but let's go back to the future of capitalism so what is conscious capitalism Nisi? what is, what is it? so conscious capitalism is actually a business philosophy that uh, john mackey who is the co-founder and ceo of whole foods um he came up with this and the way that he defines it is that it's uh a way of thinking about capitalism or a business. And this like reflects the human journey. We're trying to capture uh, the world that we currently live in. And we're also trying to make a positive impact on the world. So we're, we're conscious of one, the stakeholders, whether it's investors, whether it's, uh, you know, employees, whether it's um, the environment as well. So conscious capitalism kind of, Um, how can I say, it combines everyone who the business affects directly or indirectly, if I can say that. So in this, like, how can I say this? Conscious capitalism still pursues profit, right? At the end of the day, it is capitalism. There is profit that will be made, mm -hmm. but it's emphasizing that we need to do things in a different way and once again, by being considerate of the people that are involved in making the profit. So, for example, we can talk about the concept of corporate social responsibility, which um, companies are, uh, well, not all companies, but some of them do, so that you they're either involved in charities, they donate to social causes, or they send uh, their employees or executives to volunteer into the community and really interact and see how their business, their products impact other people's lives. So that's just an example of what conscious capitalism would look like. But I think that there, you know, we could talk about it and we could find more examples. But I thought this is the one that most people know, whether you talk from like a corporate point of view or like a startup point of view, like corporate social responsibility is something that I think we're starting to hear about more now. And even startups are trying to implement it from the get go, um, even though they're, you yeah. know, they might not have this like corporate mindset, they're trying to be socially responsible. So I think it's a, it's, it's a yes. way to show that our generation is asking for more from their employers, which is very good. And I think it's a way to um, show that we're aware that even though you're making profit, that profit is not a given. Like people are kind of renting their time, right? They're showing up to work. They're doing all these things for you, for your idea to come to life. And you're also showing them that you are conscious of that. You are aware that they are spending that time and that They, you you respect their time and especially the environment as well. Something that can't speak for itself. Mother Nature doesn't tell companies like you're hurting me or you know you need to be more careful. You're emitting. Well, I mean, she's kind of she's giving us hints. You know, I'm just saying. But she kinda. has given us hints. But I think it took a long time, right, for her to say something. Uh, so now yes. it looks like we're the ones speaking out for Mother Nature, like. Gen Z's yes. are out and they're protesting and they're making TikToks and informing themselves. So I think it's showing like a shift in terms of the next generation of like employees. They're not going to go work for a company that is uh, destroying, you know, the planet. 
So companies also have yeah. to match expectations in this sense. So I think it's good. Um, once again, it is still pursuing profit, but it's doing it in a way where we are considerate of uh, the parties involved. I think it's a good shift from where we were. I don't think it's going to be perfect because nothing is perfect in life. But just the fact that we as uh, people are more conscious of the environment, of the policies, and of the impact of, let's say, where you work in the world around you is already a big shift from where we were. You know, where the, the only thing we were thinking about is about producing even more means <laughs> uh, for people to um, to acquire. And that was the only thing. So we're going to produce, 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 produce without thinking about the sustainability of the products and their impact on the daily lives of these people. Mm -hmm. And I think that the shift in capitalism, like the fact that, quote unquote, capitalism is becoming conscious we are becoming conscious about how we spend our money, about in which company I want to go and acquire those products. Like, I don't necessarily shop at H&M, but three days ago I ordered something from Amazon. So, you know, you make choices that will simplify your life sometimes. And like I said, it's not perfect because, you know, um, having something delivered in one day from Amazon has a carbon footprint in uh, the way you're acquiring your product. But uh, it's just to show that nothing is going to be perfect. You make the decision, the decisions depending on your means of life. And you're trying, I guess, every single day to make conscious decisions when you buy something on how you invest your money and how you want to spend it as well. Yeah, that's another good point. I think you can see the freedom to choose the products that you consume as also like a byproduct yeah. of capitalism because you have all these different businesses competing and offering you different mm -hmm. products, whether it's sustainable or not, uh, you know, how they ship the products and uh, the materials that they use. So it's, it's a byproduct that we can also use for benefits, making the right choices, forcing companies to change the way they deliver products, to change the materials that, that, that they're using. So it's, it's a good thing. And I think conscious capitalism could be a thing and it is becoming a thing, but I think there's more work to be done because profit still kind of, um, how can I say this? Profit still comes first. Yeah, yeah. It's not the human being that comes exactly. first. Exactly. It is money. Even if there's more conscious added to it, it's still from an individualistic point of view because let's say um, I start uh, a company, whatever company, it's going to be for my own benefit, for to benefit my creativity, my pockets. But at the end of the day, if I have a company and I don't know, I want to use organic products, organic tissue, whatever, <laughs> and I want to make sure that everything is... Um, good for the environment. Yes, I think it's not the same than the capitalism that we've seen, but you're right. We do need to change the main aspect that it's profit-making the main goal, right? Like maybe the main goal should be saving the planet <laughs> so we don't die in 20 years, yeah. but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, it's true. We do need to start like prioritizing um, pro like short-term. We need to stop deep, okay, how can I, hold on. 
we need to not prioritize short-term profits over people, mm -hmm. over lives. And the pandemic kind of forced us to like look at it in the face and go, wait a minute. Exactly. People still have to go to work yeah. in the middle of like this mess right now. And some people are not safe. Yeah. And some people we know like they don't have the right equipment. We know they're going to get infected and then they won't have treatment because they don't have insurance because their companies don't give them insurance. Mm -hmm. There was a lot happening and you ju were just watching it happen. And it was kind of like, wait, like human lives over everything. But some companies clearly um, didn't think that way. For them, it was okay great more business like let's keep delivering people want us to be there people want us out and giving them the products that they need right now in, at mm -hmm. their homes knocking at their doors and that's when it was kind of like wait now i have to make a choice am i gonna really order from amazon in the middle of this whole thing uh knowing that they're gonna mm -hmm. but then it's also like well if we're not ordering and we're not there's no demand and they're not supplying so maybe they don't have Uh, you know, employers, people are going to get laid off, which did happen because companies weren't making mm -hmm. enough money. A lot of people got lost their jobs. So it's it's finding a balance, I think. And that's very, very difficult. And that's why I had a problem or still have a problem with capitalism. I think we've gone too far. Mm -hmm. We're at the other end of the spectrum. Um, and we need to step back a little bit, I think, and oh, yeah. think more. Of, I think, I don't know if we can have a humanistic approach to capitalism, but that would be really nice. I guess conscious capitalism is the closest to like the human approach where you're considerate of the people that are involved within the system. Yeah. And uh, you said something very interesting. You said these corporations see money as their first um, money over the lives of people. But it wasn't only corporations, it was also governments. Because these governments, if we could say, are controlled by those big corporations as well because they have the means of productions. And if these private companies have these means of production, that's how a country makes their money as well. Mm -hmm. Everything is intertwined within that system we live in. And the pandemic showed us that our governments and these corporations that have that power don't necessarily see the human life with, with much more value than money, than a piece of paper, basically, or actually now just something that is digital. Because I don't know for you, but I haven't taken any cash money out of the bank lately. Everything is transactional online. Like I don't even see money anymore. Everything is just digits online. So what is the value of a human life? Is it your is it your salary? Like, I don't know. Like, is it really minimum wage? I don't know. I don't think so. So, yeah, maybe a shift on a more humanistic approach would be nice to capitalism. But I don't know if that's possible. Mm -hmm. I think like you made a good point as well in terms of like the government getting involved, especially during the pandemic but i think that uh for capitalism to work there has to be like a limited involvement of the government because it's a free market like they can't control as many operations or like the policies that they're currently implementing have to also take into consideration of what the corporations want and need so for the system to work the government can be involved 100% But then we noticed that during the pandemic, that's when we saw the government actually like step in and interfere and maintain some sort of order, um, even though for 
capitalism to work as a system, there has to be little involvement from the government. Uh, but yes. what we saw was that they were preventing landlords from evicting tenants because they couldn't afford it. Uh, they had to pay wages for people that were furloughed. So like in Canada, I know there was like the CERB here, there was furlough. Um, so anybody who lost their job because of the pandemic was able to get, um, uh, you know, a fixed amount per month, I believe. And that's so people could sustain themselves. Yes. And then they also gave grants and loans to businesses that, you know, couldn't open, couldn't open because everything was literally um, closed. Yes. So it, it goes to show that when there is a, there's the system isn't as balanced anymore, somebody has to interfere, whether it's corporations or the government. But also we play a major role in how these two parties act right with each other. Mm -hmm. So. People have a voice. And when you criticize a system like this, like I said, it's important to look at the pros and the cons, but it's also important to have these productive discussions with people in your lives because it, it can change the, the jobs that we're, we're pursuing, the hours that we work and um, the things that we pursue, like whether it's materialism, like materialistic things, that also shows you like, do I need this many things to be happy? Like, do I need to be working this much to be happy? Like, because the system is telling you, mm -hmm. you need more, you want more and you should, you deserve more, but that's not necessarily true. Like we need to find a, a balance in terms of like, what is productivity and what is sustainable and what makes you happy as an individual or what makes your community happy to a certain extent we need to think about those things because capitalism doesn't allow you the space to criticize things and doesn't allow you the space to even think about having a balance. Yeah. You always want more. Well, thank you, Nisi, for this conversation. That was really nice. Well, thank you. So let's conclude. Uh, what what can we say in summary of everything that we have just said? I mean, there was, we did kind of uh, talk a little bit about everything, but um, to summarize, we can talk about the pros, which uh, we've kind of mentioned. So there has been a lot of advancement, innovation, personal choice, you know, uh, the freedom to choose the products that you want to consume. Even life expectancy has gone up for a lot of us in the world because of capitalism, because we're able to uh, acquire better products and um, just live better and healthier lives. But I do think that Western capitalism, capitalism overall can be rethought. We can, mm -hmm. we can envision a better system and we shouldn't settle for whatever is on the table at the moment. It's, it's not good enough. If somebody's giving you an offer and it looks sketchy and you're not sure, you can't sleep at night because every time you think about it, you're uncomfortable, you probably shouldn't settle for it. You should re-question it. You should ask questions. You should try to change it. Uh, negotiate. And I think we do need to start negotiating probably at this rate. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and once again, the problem is that capitalism keeps benefiting the 1% more than any other, you know, person in the world. So that's a problem. And that's the one thing that I just am not comfortable with overall. Uh, you know, even though <laughs> we do notice the positive effects of capitalism yes i agree with you on that we we stand on the same point for that like it cannot stay like that only benefit one percent of the world's population it doesn't really work exactly <laughs> and 
if you talk about the 1%, we're talking about corporations um, and people that have lots of money. So when their taxes were cut, guess what? They get to keep all that money and uh, it's not being distributed equally. And uh, their employees or whoever's under them is probably not making enough to sustain themselves and thrive and pursue the life that they want. I mean, let's just say that, you know, um, yes, we do have to work for the lifestyle that we want. Uh, yes, we do have to maybe live below our means at some point if we, you know, want to have better lives in the future. The system has taken people, their time and their energy for granted. Yes, definitely. I think that's it. Wow, this is this is depressing. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's all about how you see things i don't think it's depressing i think we can like clearly we're already pushing things a lot further than our parents did oh yeah way more than like grandparents did and when you look at inequality it still exists and it's so fucked up but women are one starting to occupy more space minorities are starting to occupy more space in the market like we we are doing it and yeah we can't just look at it and say okay this is really depressing i don't want to talk about it i don't want to think about it oh yeah right no. like no yeah that's what i'm saying like i'm depressed after talking about it and learning more about it but i st i still feel hopeful because like you said women are taking more place you know all of these like diversity and inclusion programs that are now being taught in universities So your corporation is not just white or your organization is just not white cisgender men who make the decision for a corporation that has an impact in the world. So yeah, I think that right now there is a shift and I'm kind of happy we talked about it because I learned a lot from this episode and the little researches that we did comparing it to other systems that are into place in the world. So thank you so much, Nisi, for sharing this conversation with me. I hope you learned as well. Always learning. And I'm glad we're back with our first episode, season two. Um, and we'll keep bringing some very spicy material for everyone and spark up some discussions and make you feel uncomfortable because that's how you grow sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and we, we're not always comfortable with the topics, but <laughs> I mean, it's okay. That's how you learn. Exactly. And yeah, that's how you learn. And I think that's what this well that's what adds to this friendship that we have overseas <laughs> so well thank you everybody for tuning in thank you for listening to us you can join the conversation by following us on instagram you can leave your comments thoughts or simply dm us and we look forward to hearing from you take care and until next time bye bye from montreal to Conversation. With Iris and Missy.